Welcome to the All People Podcast, where we talk all people all the time. I'm your host, Elisa Southall. My goal is to improve Canada and employee experiences as well as company cultures throughout U.S. employers. We do this by leading with empathy, diversity, inclusion, equality, teamwork, and transparency. Come on this journey with me. Welcome back to another episode of All People Podcast, where we talk all people all the time. As always, I am your host, Elisa Southall, and today I am joined by Jessica Baker from The People Posse. Jessica, it's great to have you. I'm so excited to be here, Elisa. Um, so first of all, I want to say that there's so much adjacentness to what, I know that's not a word, but adjacentness to what we do. You know, you talk about people posse, you talk people all the time, you use the phrase people, people, right? And so I'm like, there's just so much that blends with what we do, all of your colors in the background. It's like we were made to be on the stage together. (laughs) Definitely. Um, So before I let you start to introduce what the People Posse does, I want to just share with my listeners, if you go on the People Posse website, you're going to see that it says people, people got into this work because we wanted to help people foster growth and make a difference in the world of work and in the lives of others, but we're struggling, right? So can you, I know that that's a good lead in, but can you take it from there and tell us what does the people posse do and why do you do it? Yeah. So, I mean, I think too, one of the things I always like to, to share is that for me, like this is really a personal story as much as it is about me supporting the community. So I always like to start there, right? Because Um, you know, for me, I'm a former head of people, right? But I had a battle with burnout and I wanted to define success kind of beyond the table, right? And so for me, that really led me into life coaching and the people posse. And for me, what it really was, was, you know, I found myself struggling, not really with the work itself. Honestly, like the work was really easy, right? Like doing employee experience and doing, you know, recruiting, like that came easy, like the actual work, but I struggled in how I um, thought about myself, how I wasn't showing up how I wanted to, how I struggled in managing my reactions or how triggered I could be by some of the, um, you know, uh, points from colleagues or peers or my CEO. And that really started just getting in the way of me. I I love the work I did. I just felt really shitty doing it. And like, it got to the point in which I had truly a breakdown. I was driving home in my Jeep, like top down, blasting music as I like felt like it became a reoccurrence for me um and I got home and I'm like what am I doing like this is not what I was you know it's not why I got into this work um and so for me it really broke me like I really um ended up leaving a field that it that for me was a career design like I designed me moving into the people world and um you know, I really made a, a shift from that in having to walk away from the work. Now, luckily, I get to stay in the people world and doing what I do. But um, in talking with the people community, kind of after I left and after I was able to really reflect back about what I was really struggling with, because at the time, I didn't see that that was what the problem was. I just knew that I felt really bad and <laughs> didn't love 
going into work every day. Um, and so now that I talk to more and more people, people, it's, I wasn't the only one. And I think too, that was a lot of the struggle that I felt too, was that I didn't really share this with anyone. I didn't really have anyone to share this with. Or like when I went to go find all the resources, right? Of course, I'm Googling all the things and I couldn't find any like help because everything was really around how do we improve our skill set, right? In the domain of people or HR, or like we talk about people problems, right? Like retention problems, but we don't really talk about like people, people problems, right? Like the struggles we have in doing the work in serving in that role and serving um, that way. And I just started to find more and more in my conversations and consulting work that quickly turned into just coaching um, that more people, people are suffering in this way and suffering in silence. And for me, that was just not okay, right? Like, I started to figure out what really was some of the problems and um, knowing that the lack of support was a really big piece of that. And so the people posse really is meant to be that mentorship and coaching support for people, people who aren't just struggling, who aren't just, that don't just know that they're struggling in these areas, right? That inner work, but in all areas, right? In work, in their career, um, in their personal growth and right well-being and some of the things that we might talk about today. Yeah, that's all fantastic. And honestly, it resonates with me a, a significant amount. Um, you know, I've always worked in small HR departments and there were a few things I often joked. It was like employees come to me and then I go to therapy, right? Because I don't have anywhere else to go. Um, but to your point, I mean, oftentimes what I even faced in HR was we internally, if there was another person, could come together and sort of work together to commiserate over what we had to deal with in some cases. But there wasn't, and like there are local branches of um, like SHRM chapters or other HR groups that you can go in and like you said, learn, learn actual things to apply hands-on, but you don't get to build this community of people when you're like, hey, we're trying to deploy this initiative. Can you help me? Or like, hey, I'm struggling emotionally because I'm bearing the burden of all of these employees, right? And mm-hmm. and the company, and I can't take that on by myself, but I'm the only HR person. So to have a community yeah. like this is so important for all of us in HR because it's a lonely job. As weird as it sounds, because we're dealing with all the people, it is a lonely job. I hear that. I truly hear that all the time. And again, even from those that have teams, right? It does seem to make a whole lot of sense for those that are like the HR teams of one to be like, oh, this is a lonely gig. But I hear that even from those that have teams, because even though you have other people who are in similar roles as you, um, we also, again, kind of going back to some of the things that we're just kind of bringing to the table, which we don't necessarily need to, but we're afraid of them judging us right? We're afraid of really opening up and sharing some of the struggles that we're having because we are afraid of what they're going to think of us. Are they going to, you know, judge me? Are they going to think negatively about me? Could this uh, hinder my promotion opportunities? Like, we, we also bring that, right? And because of that, it's lonely, right? Um, even if you have others around you who do it, um, I find that that still is a common uh, sentiment (laughs) from other people, people in the business. You are bringing up some great points and we are going to talk about, for everybody out there, we're going to talk about mental and emotional well-being. And I would love to tailor this 
around really the HR and people, people. Um, but I want to start off by just introducing it by saying on her website, again, if you go to the People Posse, it says it's time for real talk, hard truths, new possibility, and learning to thrive amongst the tough stuff. And so let's do the real talk, right? Because this is exactly what, as you were saying, I had a hard time with. I felt I had a different version of imposter syndrome, right? I felt like I couldn't really be the real version of Elisa because I could not have my own opinions, my own thoughts, my own feelings, because I was the steward of the organization and even sharing them with the other HR people. I'm like, nah, not really sure. I'm, you know, we can do that with each other. So I think for you, right. I love the real talk. I love the hard truths, right? So let's get into like some of that mental and emotional well-being that some of these people, people really have to deal with. Yeah. Well, I always like to share too, sometimes um, in our conversations, whether I'm meeting people through networking or like, you know, first introducing each other when we're doing our mentoring conversations or, or coaching conversations, you know, I really do have to like tell everyone, you know, like, like, I truly want you to be yourself, right? Like, bring the hot messness, right? I was just actually talking with a client the other day where she's like, you know, again, she, um, she's in the field. So she's like, you know, we're just, I hear you say that, but it really does take a little while for me to really feel like I truly can bring all of the thoughts because for so long, we're just expected to, you know, kind of put the bow on everything, like make everything seem okay, right? It's the outward, right? Everything looks great, right? I'm always smiling. I'm always chatting, right? Like, I'm always really encouraging that we are doing work because we love it. but yeah, I can't always be like, damn, today was a rough day, right? Like, and being able to go home, and unfortunately, this is also the challenging piece of the work that we do is it bleeds over into our personal lives. It really hinders our quality of life. And I think that's the other piece that oftentimes we don't talk about, and we don't see, and don't just talk about. And that's right. That's the stuff that we really need to uncover and allow ourselves to be super, right, vulnerable and a hot mess. Like we all are. We're all human, right? Like HR people, people, people are just like everyone else. Um, so the more that we can just create the types of spaces where we can go beyond the things, right, that our communities that we um, have in the HR and people space, which again, I am super appreciative and I love being a part of those, right? But they're just really surface level, right? We're asking each other for feedback, for questions about a particular problem we're trying to solve. But very, very, very rarely is anyone like talking about, I had such a rough day that I went home and drank way too many glasses of wine to deal with it, right? Or like, I blew up at my CEO today. Like no one is really sharing those things that then they beat themselves up for like after hours. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I listen, I'm totally there with you. And, and like I said, I've had this even happen to me, right? I was dealing with depression and anxiety, but at work people were like, you would never know. And I'm like, well, I can't be the angry depressed HR person and come in and be like, how was your day? Like, I can't, like, it has to be like, hi, how are you? And I'm faking it, right? I'm faking the whole thing, putting a mask on, faking it because that's what company culture calls for. That's what corporate America culture calls for, right? And now that I have mm -hmm. my own business, one of the things I love about it is I am so authentic. I am so real talk, hard truths like you, right? It's, 
I come on there and I'm like, today has been an awful day. And like, I yeah. don't feel like posting this video or I don't feel like making content or I don't feel like doing work because it's okay to say that because we all need to realize we are humans. We're not robots. We don't power down at the end of the day and say, okay, all of that yeah. stuff was there. And we do, we bring it home. And I've even had cases where, you know, people will share with me their cancer diagnoses or, you know, something going on at their home. And I, and I joked about like, I go to therapy to deal with it, but I truly go to therapy because I'm sitting with that in a way that I have to keep confidentially from other people, but it's emotionally draining and emotionally exhausting. And you don't have these people to go to, to say, can you just like sit and listen to me vent, or can you just sit and help me? Because I, right. And that's where I feel yeah. like this emotional and mental well-being is super important. Yeah. Well, and that's honestly, you know, we talk about the work, um, especially with like coaching and obviously for us in the people world, like we really resonate with mentorship. Right. But for me, it's really just a combination of mentorship and coaching. But in that, right, it, it just creates the space similar to what therapy does. Right. Um, but really, the, the space is let's talk about how you're feeling in the present. Right. Like what's going on? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are you doing? And then let's talk about what you want to do, right? It's very future oriented. Um, and so it's very similar to therapy. It's just a slightly different um, horizon in which you're looking at, which I have found, you know, again, it's, it's both um, like a therapeutic in the moment, right? As you're experiencing it, right? Creating that space where someone can bring all the things is good in the moment because it does help them feel better and we can work through it in the moment. But it also is helping them develop and grow as a person and as an individual to show up differently tomorrow because they're doing some of that work today. And that's what I found both for myself. Like, again, it's so easy now to be able to look back and see right from this perspective, like what was really going on and what I really needed. Um, and now, obviously, I'm just lucky to be in the type of role where I can provide that. For, for people, people, and honestly, I, I coach a lot of different people, but that's my main focus because I just, it, it hurts my heart to see people who, you know, love what they do, but just feel so bad doing it. And for some, much like me, are leaving the field. And I think that is truly sad if you're doing it because of that reason versus, right, like wanting to choose to be like a peoplepreneur or like go off and do your own thing or to go into a different career. Yeah. And I can say, you know, looking back on my own experiences, right. I, I did feel what you're talking about a lot. And I think primarily it was because in HR or in a people ops role, you're constantly having to sort of fight. Right. And I, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but you have to, you know, HR and people ops, they're a money suck. They don't make money. They're not a profitable part of the organization. So you're fighting the CEO, you're fighting the CFO, you're, you know, you have to come up against employees who don't agree with policy, even if you don't agree with the policy. Right? Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> you spend this whole time, like, you know, having to argue certain things and you just feel like, oh, I'm just emotionally drained from having to argue about all this stuff all the time, particularly if you work in companies like I did, where your vision of what employees need and deserve is very different from what the organization thinks the employees need and deserve, right? And so it feels like you're ne you're in a losing battle all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you say that too, because I think some people are very surprised when we're doing this work is that obviously there's 
you know, steps and things that we could be doing as it relates to like improving how we um, manage our thoughts and our feelings. But rarely people talk about what I talk about, which is, you know, how to expect to deal with those feelings, right? Because it's almost like we think we shouldn't be feeling them, right? We, sh- we don't think that this work should be that hard. And so that automatically creates friction for us because what we think should be happening and what ha- is happening is in conflict, right? We don't feel like we should have to fight for this. And so that's just right there creates, like you're already starting on like rocky ground. So what I often work with clients on is actually identifying a few like negative, I guess we would consider like negative, right? Like even um, defeat is a really good one, right? Because there are some times in which we advocate for something and it doesn't happen, right? And so we feel the, like the feeling of defeat and we don't know how to handle that, right? So it just starts to like eat away at us. And so I work with clients oftentimes in the people world to like, okay, let's identify some of those more negative emotions that are likely to come up, right? You're not going to win every single time. So why don't we just start with, okay, I can expect to not win. I can expect to feel defeat. And when I feel defeat, this is how I'm going to process it instead of getting frustrated, getting mad, getting angry, reacting, right? And then a whole slew of other things, right, that can come, um, you know, in our personal lives, right, when we're feeling negative feelings. And so sometimes we actually have to also work on our ability to allow a negative emotion and just not act in a way that is going to adversely affect us, right, and how we show up. Yeah, I, I like that because you're never going to win everything. I mean, that's part of being in the HR group or function is like you're going to have to lose some along the way. And it applies to everybody and everything they do. You don't always win, you know? So I think that that's a good way yep. to approach it. Um, yep. So in terms of the people posse, right? So I know you said a lot of the people that you coach are people people, um, but they're not all people people. So if if they're not in that people people category, what categories or groups do they generally fall in? Is there a particular area? So, I mean, I haven't found necessarily a particular type of professional. Um, I think what really comes to me are individuals who want something different than what they're experiencing today, right? And I really do when it's when they're not people, people, I mean, I have everyone from I have UN workers, I have, you know, electrical engineers, I have CEOs, like it runs um, the gamut, but I think they all desire to be in a different place than where they currently are, and they just don't know how to get there. And oftentimes, when we even first start talking, and again, whether it's those individuals or people, people, everyone's first thought is like to go to actions and strategies, like, okay, just tell me what I need to do in order to get there, right? And that's why we're talking about what we're talking about, because um, inevitably, the work leads to their thoughts and their feelings about what's going on, right? Their current state, what they want in the future. And so um, I help them to recognize that really, like, the only reason we do anything, right, the results we have in our life are based off of our thoughts and our feelings. We only take action because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. And so we balance those two things. So I guess those that work really well with me, right, who get the best results, like are open to that. And they really start to see not just 
actions as a way to get to their result or to get to their future, um, but that they also are way more in control um, and have the ability to manage their thoughts and feelings um, in the process, right? Like, and that's just like a critical ingredient to it. Yeah, that's really exciting. And I will tell you, as you mentioned, you know, people are messy and like people in general are emotional creatures, right? We oftentimes women get labeled as emotional, but people are emotional first, right? That's how we are built. And so we have to oh, learn yeah. how to address those emotional states. And I think this is a good month. May is a good month for you, right? Because we're, that's all the focus is around mental health and stress and sleep and all of those things. Yeah, well, I mean, again, to just simply ask yourself some of these questions, right? It's when we get to like, what is mental and emotional well-being or like, how do I get it? And, you know, like everyone describes, and again, we are in this month, so of course, we have, we are inundated, right, with content right now about what is well-being and what's wellness and what's health and like, just keep it really simple, right? We're talking about thoughts and feelings and just do a quick gauge of like, what's my sense of well-being and asking yourself questions like, do I feel like um, my thoughts and my feelings are serving me, right? Or are they holding me back, right? That's a way to gauge your well-being. Like asking yourself, like, do I feel like I can manage my thoughts and feelings and that um, they're not uh, out of control or that, you know, um, they're out of my control? And um, for those who like struggle, I feel like with like um, identifying their thoughts and feelings, right? Especially when they're first starting this work, just simply asking yourself, do I feel like I'm getting like the results I want in my life? Am I showing up the way I want to? And then asking yourself, like, if not, what might you be thinking and what might you be feeling? That's like creating that. And then you can go through and like figure out specific skills that you might need to develop, right? Being able to identify your thoughts and emotions, like being able to allow some of those negative emotions, like, or figuring out, um, you know, the, the thoughts and feelings you do want to have and how you can bridge like where you currently are and where you want to be. Um, and so that is whenever I'm talking about this topic. And again, there's so many things that are out there on it. Um, just try to simplify it as much as possible, because the more that we feel right overloaded and we're consuming a ton of content and information about this, the lower the likelihood is that we're actually doing anything about it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and you want to talk about it all year. It's not just during this month, right? You want to talk about it all the time and be open about it. Um, one of the things that I find is interesting is like, you know, people always talk about manifesting, right? The way that you want to feel or the way the things that you want. And I will say, I listened to a, an individual who used to be an actor who's now a podcaster. And one of the things he always asks his guests is he, he talks about this thing called the magic painting. And if you could have, you know, one feeling and feel it as often as you'd like to feel it, what would that be, that feeling or emotion? And what colors would you use to describe it? And so I, I was that. going through my own depression and anxiety when I was listening to him. And I actually did, I actually made this painting and it has the word happiness in it. And you're supposed to be able to like, look at this and be like, okay, I want to feel it this much, right? And then you had to create like a little card about if you had to describe this feeling to somebody who has never felt it, what would it feel like? even so that you remind yeah. yourself of like, what does this feel like for you? Mm -hmm. Well, and I often, when we're talking about, especially emotions and feelings, that um, yes, there we have a vocabulary that we can use, but oftentimes people do communicate to me with like where they feel it, 
too, right? So they like whether it maybe it's a color, but it could be like um, uh, you know, there it's, it's a tightening of my chest, right? Um, and so it's just being more aware of those things, right? And again, knowing, and this is kind of where maybe what you're getting at too, is that it's a choice. We do get to choose, right? Um, and I always tell my clients, you know, the purpose of this work isn't to be happy all the time, right? Like that being happy all the time or just uh, having those positive thoughts isn't the goal, right? Our goal is to be able to navigate this 50-50 life that we live in, right? 50% of it is going to be positive and 50% of it's going to be negative, right? Like stop trying to get to the 80-20. It just doesn't exist. So if you can build out a skill set around your thoughts and your feelings, right? The mental and emotional side that allows you to maximize the positive, right? And minimize the impact, right? Of the negative side, like you're winning, right? And that's actually winning at life, which is also why sometimes when we're in this month, I love being able to have that be a big theme or phrase I use because oftentimes right out of the gate, we're starting at a deficit because we think we're behind because we're not happy all the time. And that also was even my experience in, in the role is, you know, there definitely was a thought that I needed to be, like I, I needed to be, work needed to be, um, you know, fulfilling all the time, that I needed to be happy all the time. And just by having that, of course, it's work, it's life, it's going to have the good days, it's going to be the bad days, the good meetings, the bad meetings, like good interactions, bad interactions. And so I think I was already starting myself off just on like a negative or not a negative, a, a, a deficit because I was defining it in a way that was not, wasn't serving me. And so just as simply as that, like if I could have just done that, I probably would have been better off. I would have felt better. I would have had a better experience, right? Being in the people world than I probably did. I love that because it's almost like you're contro- not controlling, but you're doing like kind of controlled negative, right? You're you're saying if we're going to be able to control this, and it's similar, like you said, to what we do when we have anxiety within therapy and things like that, right? You're going to experience this. It's just inevitable. But how do you cope? How do you live it with it? How do you make decisions that are still healthy, but knowing that this is okay, that this is a feeling that you are going to feel and there's nothing you can do about it? right? Other than control your actions and your reactions, right? Yeah. Well, and I, one of the, honestly, the my coaches that I had that I, I, again, wish I would have had this advice sooner was that like a goal of mine is get to a point in which I can feel any feeling, right? I can allow any feeling. And like that for me, when I think of like what success in this space looks like, that's what it is for me. So when I get to the point in which I don't try to avoid it or try to resist it. Like I joke around sometimes I used to like be the type that, you know, of course, when dealing with some, some stress or anxiety and I'm in the moment and I used to like delay it. I always like schedule it. I'm like, Oh, I have some time on Friday. Oh, I'll deal with that then. Like, no, like, because I just didn't want to deal with it. So I was like, even just like, Oh, it's strategic. I'm strategically placing when I'm going to actually deal with this. And of course I never did. Right. So like, it's just an example, just like silly ways that we try to push off feeling the feelings we don't want to feel right. That just are slightly discomfort. 
Yeah. And it's almost like, because we're people, people, and we're always busy. It's like, I don't have time for this right now, but I'll schedule you in over here, but I'll only do it in pencil so I can erase it when I don't have time for it later. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And again, even oh. that, like, uh, yeah, I could go on forever about all the things, right, that we think as people, people, which, again, there are elements of the role that are very real and tangible around, you know, uh, the workload. But there's also a huge part of it that we're doing to ourselves because of the way that we think. Um, and again, I'm not all like woo woo type, right? It's not the only thing that I work on. It's just I always like to balance the strategies that we're doing on, you know, you know, building up our, you know, strategic capabilities as people, people, or, you know, we're designing your you know, next career move. I just always like to balance the action and the strategies with the thought work, because it truly is, I would say it's like the, the inner work, outer impact, right? If you do the inner work, impact you have on work and your career and in your personal life will actually come to fruition versus being, um, you know, challenged or kind of blocked um, along the way. And can I tell you, I love the irony of what you're delivering in terms of eight in terms of people, people, right? I was always the person that's like, Oh, you have something going on. Let's talk about it. Take a leave of absence. You're not taking your lunch break. You're not taking your, your 15 minute breaks, whatever they were. And then what am I doing? Not taking my breaks, not doing these other, like not looking at myself emotionally, not taking the, the mental health day that I need. Right. But I'm advocating to the employees. Like, we want you to do this. We need you to take time off. And then I'm like, but I'm not doing any of this. And I think yeah. we do that a lot in terms of like, we're preaching it, but we're not practicing. I always say it's um, we, most people, people are not products of their product, right? Like what we're like selling right into the organization, we do not, right? <laughs> do ourselves, whether it's as, you know, like just taking care of ourselves down to some of those um, things that you were just mentioning, but it truly is. And that's honestly what, when I had that kind of like breakdown in my car, it was, I felt like I was not, I was not living up to what I was selling at work, right? And I just could not do that anymore. I was not being a product of my product and I could not go into work anymore pretending like I was, right? Like, and that, again, it just, it did not fit well for me. And I just now know so many of us in that same situation who do that every day, right? We are, unfortunately, the one to uh, don't get the type of support that we offer the rest of the organization. Amen to that. Um, <laughs> now, how does somebody join the People Posse? Yeah, so really up until now, it's been a kind of just natural community in which we um, interact via email and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. But I'm actually launching a mentorship experience, which is going to just create more accessibility and reliability on um, mentorship and coaching just for people, people. So that's actually launching next month. I'm super excited, right? So like today, the only way that, um, you know, people, people get that support is doing one-on-one -on -one or joining an HR community, which again, both of those are great um, places to go, but not everyone you know, wants to get one-on-one -on -one coaching and not everyone is able to get really the type of support, right, that we talked about here and um, like, you know, the, the type of dedicated support that you can get 
who can't get through an HR community. So um, launching that next month, it will allow um, anyone who joins to get a weekly um, mentorship uh, group call. They will have an ask, like an ask a coach, ask a mentor um, feature so that they can submit at any point in time, right? This is a 24-hour um, opportunity for them to submit something they're struggling with, a private community where they can ask the questions, right? Like show their pure hot messness, you know, and let's talk through it and work through it through um, that channel. And then just like regular workshops, right? Where we're talking about things like this, or we're talking about even just like the personal challenges um, that we have. I know oftentimes um, one of the struggles that we have is relationships and it's both in the workplace and outside of the workplace. So like, Things like that that I feel like we need to have more um, education around, more conversations around. Um, yeah, and I'm just I'm super pumped to finally be able to bring something that uh, I've been hearing for a while has been kind of a need um, and do it in a fun kind of different way than what we're often seeing in our, our space. And so that's coming up in June. So I'll make sure to get that link from you and we can put that in all the show yep. notes. Uh, so in terms of having like a mentor, right, in this group, right, it's great because people can agree to sort of come together and have these more difficult conversations that they're not having elsewhere. And so they're not only getting you, but they're getting a community of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find that both of those things are valuable to our development, right? There's an element that obviously I can bring from my formal training, Um, in my lived experience, that Mm -hmm. we can work through the work challenges, the career challenges, the personal development challenges, like those things. But also, it's really great to um, hear what others are going through, right? Um, Or even being a witness to someone else being mentored or coached. um, Because whether you're going through that at that time or not, it can be valuable. You can take like little nuggets of it and apply it to your own situation. And that's what I found is kind of like in addition to kind of getting that direct um, support, you also are kind of getting like a, like adjacent support when others are getting um, coached or mentored on a call or in the forum. Um, and that even for me was when I first was getting started. I really had a a struggle and being able to even like articulate what I felt like was going on. And I was part of a group where somebody else was being coached and I had this like aha breakthrough. I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's what's going on. And sometimes um, that's the beauty, right, of of being in a community that uh, also, right, of individuals who are also trying to do this work too. We're stronger together, that's for sure. Um, going back to your previous and your previous answer that I, um, I have forgotten my question, but I remembered. So in terms of relationships, right. One of the things that you talked about, which I find is true for me, and I didn't know that this was a commonality. So I want to dig into this a little bit. Um, you said as people, people, it's hard for us to make relationships both inside and outside of work. Right. Which is interesting for me because I feel that, and I have that, and I just thought it was the outside of work part was just the product of who I was, right? But the in part of work, one of the things I was talking about with my therapist is for my anxiety and depression, she's like, you know, surround yourself with more people. And I'm like, 
that's great. Except I can't be friends with anybody at work. Nobody wants to be friends with HR and people, people, they're the narcs, right? Like that's how they view it versus, so I'm like, you can't be friends with everybody, anybody at work, but then outside of work, you're still saying that that's the case. So enlighten me, like how, why are, why are we not relationship builders, which make zero sense in my brain in terms of having friendships and, and actual relationships? Yeah. So one of the things that I have found is that just the, like you said, the nature of our work really requires us to be a bit closed off right, um, from those internally. And so I was like, that's the basis, right, of relationship building, right, being open, being vulnerable, um, letting people see who we really are. And so because we oftentimes don't feel like we can, now again, it's also something I really push my, my clients to challenge, right, is like, like, why, why do you think that? Is that really the case? Or like, what could you do? Um, that that just then translates into also even just our personal relationships. We are very guarded in um, what we share and what we talk about. Um, Also, too, there is a lot of people I find who experience rejection. So not only do we have a challenge of like getting out there and, and making those relationships, we've all probably experienced at some point being a people person being rejected, meaning like, who hasn't heard the, why is HR here, right? Like, damn, like that, you know, of course we're going to take that personally, right? Or like, so then we don't feel like no one wants us around anyway. So why would I even try, right? And so, um, and again, that bleeds over into our personal lives, but there's even like elements of that where it couldn't even just be um, us having those thoughts, right? And bringing them to, the relationships are lack thereof, but we also could be experiencing other things that are pushing us towards, you know, not wanting to be rejected. <laughs> That's so interesting because I am that way. Like I do not have this whole grouping of friends, right? I am very, I'm not, I'm open, more open now, but I'm, I'm very sort of like selective and choosy and so it was like for me it's like why is this the case like I'm a very outgoing person I make great relationships and so hearing you say this I was like wow like a light bulb is going off inside my head which is what's supposed to happen in the people people community (laughs) yeah that's exactly yeah that's exactly it and it was also something even that as I experienced you know having spent really a large portion of my career not in the people field right and then making the switch that I almost, I sometimes will describe some of these experiences of like running into the invisible wall. I was like, well, wait a second. Like I'm coming from a part of the organization where I was able to easily have relationships, right? With peers and below and above and all those things. And then I came over here and it was like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to be friends with you. And you know, your your HR peers like, oh, no, no, you don't want to be friends with them. What is going on? I felt like I was in this like, crazy world. Um, but then it was very quickly that I like, I, I like bought into it. I was like, okay, I guess this is how it is. It feels really weird and uncomfortable. Like, um, all right. Like, you know, which also is why then I was like looking for all, like all the HR people or, or people community where I was like, I need somebody like, but again, like 
I love the HR communities. I really do. But I was like, I just want to have some like real conversations or even just challenge some of that mm. thinking. Like, why not? Why can't we have like friends at work? <laughs> well, and even challenging some of the parts where it's like, you can't, you can't show up and have your own thoughts or your own feelings because they're contradictory to what the workplace or the company feels. And it's like, but I don't speak for the company always. I'm allowed to be a human being first and an employee second. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And and, and we definitely struggle with that for sure. So you have these shirts and it's on your picture and I, you're wearing one right now and nobody else can see it, but I saw it. It says heart and hard work. So tell me a little bit about that. Why heart and hard work? Yeah. So I think for me, well, one, um, I do own a, 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 um, obsessive, I mean, I am obsessive about shirts and notebooks and signs that like really help reinforce, right? Like I guess the thoughts and the things that I want to like be a part of my life. Um, but for this one in particular, like, I think it's that balance, right? Um, I used to always feel like this, especially in the people world, right? Um, like I used to say too, in the people world, it was like, I was, the, it was, a, I was, I was trying to create harmony between the heartbeat and the drumbeat of the organization. And that's kind of how I feel with this. It's like, I'm bringing like the heart, right? There's still that element of the people side, but like, I really do try to balance that with like the hard work, right? Like bringing that work ethic and being able to bring that to really every part of my life now, which is is a new priority for me um, over the last few years. Um, but like, yeah, that's, that's for me what it is. It's like, and you know, I'm, I, I love um, being able to, you know, hold two things that seemingly look like they are contradictory or um, in conflict with one another and being able to hold both those things true, right? Like I can lead with heart and I can also lead with hard work or like I have two tattoos on my wrist on purpose, right? One is an anchor and one's a way, right? Being able to um, hold both those things to be true and how I show up in the world is really important to me. I love that the juxtaposition of having both of those. It's a reminder, as you said, that I can be a weight if I need to be, or I can flow freely across the sea, right? You have the choice to be your left wrist or your right wrist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's, um, again, as you, you've mentioned it, and it often comes up in a lot of my conversations with people, people is um, showing up as their full self, right? All the things we tell everyone else, right, to do that we feel like we shouldn't, like, I am a huge advocate, right, for that, both in um, uh, having your voice heard, and having your kind of philosophy on people, and, um, you know, like, for me, I I'm a little bit of a rebel. I wear bright colors. Like I might not look as like a traditional HR, which I hate when people say that. I'm like, what does that even mean? Um, but like being who we want to be and being like comfortable with that, right? Um, and really kind of to push ourselves out of that HR box or like the HR mold. Um, hot topic always comes up and one that I just love challenging because I've never been one for conformity. <laughs> Oh, you and I are speaking the same language. My website is like dripping in color and people are like, it's too much color. I'm like, 
not for you then. Like I love color. I'm yeah. all about it. Right. And even to your point, like the one thing I hate in work and we don't have to go into this, but dress codes, like just because I don't uh, dress professionally doesn't mean I don't work like a professional. So to your point of like, well, what does an HR person look like? <laughs> or like what professional dress mean? Like, again, like these are the things that I love to just challenge our thinking on. And sometimes it's not even just so much to let, just let's explore it. Let's talk about it. We may still end up in the same place, but at least I'm questioning some of my long-held beliefs, or I'm pushing you to question kind of some of those long-held beliefs about what our what HR is or isn't, who makes a great HR person, who doesn't. Um, like that's the stuff that I love, like cracking that nut and like going there. And again, whether it's my clients or being a bit provocative, right, in some HR communities when they're asking, you know. You know, some questions where I'm like, you know, why? Like, and again, nothing more than I'm curious. Please tell me. I would just love to hear your perspective. Um, I love it because I'm. I don't know. I'm one of those people that I challenge you to. Somebody's like, oh, this is the way it's been forever, and I was like, well, it's about time we change it. Then, like, why has it been like this forever? And is there a better way that we've never had to, been able to experience because it's been this way forever, right? So, like that to me is like. I'm with oh, you. Like, let's just challenge, let's challenge so that we can all learn and understand why it is this way or how we can maybe improve it. If it is broken and we just don't know it's broken. Yeah. Well, and that's really the reason why I finally got to the point, like I, you know, made that switch into people, like I said, later on in my career and I did it uh, or I took so long to do it because I was like, I'm just not. And again, these are the thoughts. I'm just, I'm more innovative. I'm more creative. Like, I will want to come in and like rethink it all. Um, and for a while there, I just didn't really feel as though like I was going to be able to do that in that space. And then finally, I'm like, what am I doing? Like the space needs it, right? And, I, and I'm so glad obviously I did. And we were in a, even a much better place than when I made that decision because more and more people are, they are open to doing it um, and challenging things and being a bit more progressive and how we do the work that we do and how we do it and what's important and what's not. Um, and the more that we can have those types of people, right, and support them, because again, that's not easy, right? That's also the work that we end up coming up against is that we're going against the grain on everything from, oh, you know, we were HR, now we're people ops, right? And making that push all the way to like, you know, wanting to change a policy um, and, and trying to be maybe more progressive or innovative there and going against usually the rest of the organization. Um, it takes a lot out of us, both our time, energy, and effort. And that's why it's so important to have, like, again, a, a group like um, I'm building, which is, we always have your back, right? Someone always has my back um, because this shit's hard. Like, and I always, and I say that all the time, like this work is a hell of a lot harder than we thought, right? And so we need um, a better support system. And again, whether that's with the people posse or whether you find that in another peer or an HR community, like I just cannot advocate for, you know, having that support system, having someone to have your back um, more. Like that is my, core message. Um, I hope it's with me and, and with what I'm building, but like, just get the support, right? I love that. And definitely go to the people posse. Um, so I know you yeah. have your, your new thing coming up in, in June, but do you have anything else that you would like to promote or share with the listeners? 
Yeah, so I mean, I just have the group coming up. Um, we are actually rebranding the newsletter. Um, it's coming out next week, and so that's actually called Dear People People. It's a non-newslettery type newsletter, right? Um, more of like a advice from a friend um, type. And so, again, that's just an easy way to like hear more about um, ways in which you can improve your work, career, well-being, and personal growth as a people person. Um, and then we're turning that into a podcast uh, this summer. So look for that, I guess, coming uh, here shortly too. And you know, as soon as it's open, you drop that link and I will share it to the world. Um, I appreciate so where can people find you or the People Posse? Uh, what social media platforms? What's the website? How can they get to you if they want to interact? Yeah, so the best place to interact with me is on LinkedIn. So you can follow me or connect with me. Um, Jessica Baker on LinkedIn. And obviously we have the People Posse on LinkedIn as well. And I do have um, Instagram, but obviously the most of the places we have these conversations are on LinkedIn. And then we quickly hop off because again, not very many people, people want to expose their hotnessness on, on LinkedIn. So it's totally cool for us to connect and then we can take our conversation offline. Awesome. And your website is thepeopleposse.com, which is great and you should go there that's full of color and wonderfulness um so in terms of the the question i ask everybody at the end right so my angelou um has this fantastic quote that says i've learned that people will forget what you said people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel can you share with me a time when that was true for you yeah i think for me the thing that comes to mind is just given our conversation today was um after i left uh, my role as head of people, and I found, I finally found like my coach, um, and I share with her what I was feeling, like, and I, it's even harder to describe it, I guess, in that, in that feeling, but it's, I felt seen, like someone truly saw me and what I was going through, and um, really empathized with what I was going through, and I think, again, it was just for so long in the people role, I didn't have anyone who did that for me, right? And that's why I do what I do now, because like once I had that, like so many things were like unlocked and unblocked and I felt truly free and free from what was holding me back, right? Almost like that weight, right? That mental, emotional load that I was carrying from being a people person, um, was gone. And obviously since then I've been able to do some really amazing things um, and work with and talk to some amazing people. So I guess that's probably the thing that comes to mind for me most. That's awesome. You went from your anchor to your wave. So that's really cool. <laughs> that's <is> perfect. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being here today, Jessica. I greatly appreciate it and appreciate you. Um, you are such a wonderful person and we need more people like you in the world. Um, and to all my listeners out there, as I end every episode, lead with empathy, act with kindness. Have a great day, y'all. Thank you for listening to All People Podcast. If you enjoyed our show, I'd love for you to subscribe and leave a five-star review. The work doesn't end here. If you want to keep the conversation going, find me on LinkedIn or Facebook or visit my website, apeoplepartnerllc.com. Lead with empathy and act with kindness. Have a great day.